and may I wish you all a happy new year. And welcome to podcast number 14, being recorded on New Year's Day 2024. Today is the day before the centenary of Sabine's death on the 2nd of January 1924. Of all that he wrote over the years, I've always found his recording that the most important achievement of his life was that of collecting the folk songs of Devon and Cornwall. So where better to have him refer to it than in this interview, perhaps one of his last? The following is from part of an interview given by Sabine to the Devon newspaper, the Western Morning News, published in its edition of the 25th of November, 1922, with the headline, The Reverend Sabine Baring Gould, 4, score and 10. And Sabine had said, But I think I have done my best work through my collection of Devon and Cornwall folk songs, especially the melodies. I spent 15 years in the task, and I have travelled all over the county to get the words and the music correct. Some of the songs are very beautiful, and they are deeply interesting. I have gone many miles to listen to the old men who knew the old songs. It was by a lucky accident that I heard of an aged man who knew the oxen ploughing, and I took it from him. The May song I gathered at Padstow, and the furry song at Helston. I was only just in time. These songs are never sung now. They are all gone, and I do not believe anyone could find them. They are of immense importance. They are our link with the remote days when songs were the only means of impressing the mind, and when history and tradition were all related to ballads. But I hold that the melodies are superior to the words which later have often been corrupted. It's here again that I myself see Sabine repeating the point that in his opinion it is the melodies of the collection that are important, or as I myself like to think of them as being unique to the songs he collected in Devon and Cornwall, or some of them anyway. It is possible that this was one of the last interviews that Sabine did with the Western Morning News. For just over a year later, on the 29th of December 1923, it reported with the following headline. The Reverend Sabine Baring Gould, the famous rector's condition. On inquiry last night, we were informed that the condition of the Reverend Sabine Baring Gould, rector of Lou Trenchard, the well-known author, was very bad but he was further stated that he remains in the same state as in the week past. Then again in the Western Morning News of the 31st of December, it just states no improvement to his condition. The next day, 1st of January 1924, the Exeter and Plymouth Gazette reported that Sabine was slightly weaker. Then on the 2nd of January 1924, he died. And so ended the life of this exceptional Devon Parson, just 26 days short of his 90th birthday. His funeral was held on the first Saturday of the new year. Sabine had been born into one of the old Devon landholding families, where the first son born would inherit the family estate to become its squire. The second son would then take up the role of parson. So the estate and the parish would be run by one family. It was unusual for one son to be both squire and parson, 
But then, this is the Reverend Sabine Baring Gould I am talking about. When both roles were held by one son, then he was referred to as the Squarsome. With his passing, Sabine, it was said, was one of the last great Squarsomes. Reverend Sabine Baring Gould had been the priest of the parish of Lou Trenchard for the last 43 years of his life. And in that time, he'd written many novels and books on a variety of subjects that interested him. In his many religious works, he wrote of his faith, religious beliefs, his church and its teachings. Yet he had never had any recognition for this or for his long service by the church or received any advancement in it. This more than likely suited Sabine, as he was very independent and set his own course in whatever he did. Then there were occasions when he had been highly critical of the Exeter Diocese. The Church, it could be said, did bestow a belated honour in the end, as his funeral service was conducted by the bishops of Exeter and Plymouth. The long procession stretched from Lew House to the gates of his church, with many robed clergy, including those of the deanery of Tavistock. His brother Arthur, his curate Gilbert Arnold, and a former curate of his, the Reverend K. A. Lake. His children and their families followed the coffin as it was carried on the old parish bier by tenants of the Lou Trenchard estate. Hymns he had written were sung at the service. Onward Christian soldiers, on the resurrection morning, and through the night of doubt and sorrow. As they laid him in the grave at the side of his wife Grace, they sang, Now the Day is Over, his children's hymn. There were many obituaries of his passing in the press local to Devon, but also in the national papers as well. His day was over. But he is not forgotten, as now a hundred years later, in this centenary year of his death, his hymns are still sung, the books he wrote are still read, with some original copies still available for sale on the internet, plus those not available being reprinted in growing numbers. The folk songs he collected are still searched for and sung. It is highly likely that the public interest there is today in the life of this exceptional Devon parson and squire would, I am sure, have amazed him. To close this part of the story about Sabine, I've been over to the church in Ashwater to join Kate and John Tidball, who will provide the accompaniment to my singing of the well-known and favourite song, The Bell Ringing. Bell ringing was a dearly loved and much practised in Devon and Cornwall. 
Contests were held between ringers of various churches, the prize being either money or a hat laced with gold. What follows must be a unique recording of the bell ringing song, made on the last day of December 2023. Firstly, as the recording is from the village church in Ashwater, as mentioned in the song, and second, Kate Tidball plays handbells to that wonderful melody as I sing of the champion ringers of North Loo. Well, here I am in Ashwater Church, this lovely old church, and here's Kate and John Tidball. Good morning, folks. Good, Good morning. morning. How Good are we morning. doing? Fine, thank you. It's a bit early and it's a bit it's chilly. A bit chilly. Here, but uh, no, really looking forward to this. It's all right for you. You only had to come over the road. I've come 13, 14 miles from up that there. Well, I bet you had the car heater on. Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> so, this is confusing me. You've got nine bells on a broomstick, and yet you're going to do handbell ringing, Kate? Well, yes. Um, normally, this would probably take about a couple of people to uh, ring all these <laughs> bells, but um, there is only me this morning. So we've threaded them on a very long church broom and bounce them on two chairs so then I can play them all myself. And that is what you would call a peal. So that, that would be the same kind of peal as what we would hear in the church bells in the tower behind me? Yes. Sort of? Yes. Okay. And there are people who can play two bells with one hand, isn't there? This, they thread the handles through each other, so one person can technically play four bells um, when they're actually ringing handbells properly. Um, this, this is kind of going to work okay, I think. <laughs> Very good. Okay, well, now we're going to hear Kate play those handbells on the broomstick as uh, I join her singing it with John Tidball. He's going to play the Irish bouzouki in accompaniment also. And this is the bell ringing song from Ashwater. One day in October, neither drunken nor sober, or broadberry down I was wending my way. When I heard of some ringing, some dancing and singing, I ought to remember that jubilee day. T'was in Ashwater town, the bells they did sound, they rang for a belt and a hat laced with gold. But the men up north who rang so steady and true, that never were better in Devon I hold. T'was misunderstood for the men of Broadwood Gave a blow on the tenor that there should have been But the men of North Blue rang so faultlessly true A difficult matter to beat them I ween T'was in Ashwater town, the bells they did sound They rang for a belt and a hat laced with gold But the men of North Blue rang so steady and true That never were better in Devon I hold They abroad would be naughty, they said to our party We'll ring you a challenge again in a round We'll give you the chance at St Stephen's at last And the prize to the winner, a note of five pounds T'was in Carlington town, the bells they did sound They rang for a belt and a hat laced with gold 
But the men up north flew ranks so steady and true, there never were better in Devon, I hope. When the match it came on at Good Callington, the bells they rang out o'er the valleys below. The old and young people, the hale and the feeble, they came out to hear that sweet bell music flow. Twas in Callington town, the bells they did sound, they went from the belt and the hat laced with gold. But the men of North Blue rang so steady and true, there never were better in Devon, I hold. Those abroad would once more were obliged to give o'er. They were beaten completely and done in a round. But the men of North Liverpool so steady and true that no better than they in the West can be found. Cause in Ashwater town, then in Carlington town, they rang for a belt and a hat place with gold. But the men of North Blue rang so steady and true they never were better in Devon, I hold. Over the years I have come to appreciate that the Reverend Gentleman was not the stuffy parson we assume a Victorian parson to be. In fact, he was a renowned practical joker and a man with a great sense of humour. An elderly parishioner came to him and asked if he would pray for her pig, as she was ill. Master, oh master, me old pig, her be a dying. So Sabim visited the sty, pointed his stick at the pig and said with great solemnity, Pig, if thou livest, thou livest, and if thou diest, thou diest. The pig recovered. Some time later, Sabine fell ill with quinsy. The old lady with the pig heard of this and presented herself at Lou Trenchard and demanded to see Parson. Pointing her stick at him, she declared, Parson, if thou livest, thou livest, and if thou diest, thou diest. Sabine at this, apparently, burst into such a fit of laughter that the quinsy broke and, like the pig, he recovered. In her pamphlet about the story of Lou Trenchard and the Baring Gould family, titled The Manor of Lou, Cicely Briggs, a granddaughter of Sabine, tells us that on Sabine giving the pig the last rites, she rolled over and died. Cicely's telling of the story is more than likely true. But for me, the pig surviving is a much better story to my mind. In case you may be wondering, Quincy is an acute inflammation of the tonsils. Continuing with Sabine's sense of humour, here's a song about a parson and a pig. In this song, the parson collects a tithe in the form of a pig from a farmer of his parish. One might say Sabine is pointing his stick in a humorous way at the parson. This is the song, The Tithe Pig, Recorded in Ashwater Church again and accompanied by Kate and John Tidball. Oh, 
all you that like a bit of fun, come listen here a while. I'll tell you of a droll affair will cause you all to smile. The parson dressed all in his best cocked hat and bushy wig. He went into the farmer's house to choose a sucking pig. Good morning, said the parson. Good morning, sir, to you. I've come to choose a sucking pig, the pig that is my Jew. Then went the farmer to the sty among the piglings small. He chose the very weirdest pig, the weirdest of them all. But when the parson saw the choice, how he did stamp and roar. He snouted loud, he shook his wig, he almost cursed and swore. Good morning, said the parson. Good morning, sir, to you. I've come to choose my sucking pig, the pig that is my Jew. Spake the farmer, since my offer you refuse. Pray step into the sty yourself, where you may pick and choose. So to the sty the priest did high, and there without ado, the old sow ran with open mouth, and grunting at him flew. Good morning, said the parson. Good morning, sir, to you. I've come to choose the sucking pig, the pig that is my Jew. him by the coat and tails and took off both the skirts. She ran her head between his legs and rolled him in the dirt. The parson cursed the very hour he'd ventured for the pig. You'd have laughed to see the little ones and they shook his hat and wig. Good morning, said the parson. Good morning, sir, to you. I'm come to choose a sucking pig, the pig that is my Jew. They let the parson out all in a handsome trim The sow and pig so neatly in the dirt they had rolled him His coat was too a Spencer turned and his brogues were ripped behind And besides his backside was all bare and his shirt hung up behind Good morning said the parson, good morning sir to you I've come to choose a sucking pig, the pig that is my Jew at home as fast as he could run. His wife was standing at the door awaiting his return. But when she saw him in such plight, she fainted clean away. Oh. Alas, alas, the parson said, I bitter rue this day. Good morning, said the parson. Good morning, sir. I've come to choose a sucking pig, the pig that is my due. Go fetch me down a suit of clothes and sponge and soap, I pray. And bring to me my greasy wig and rub me down with hay. Another time I won't be nice when I gathering my Jews. Another time in sucking pigs I will not pick and choose. Good morning, said the parson. Good morning, sir, to you. Another time in sucking pigs I'll leave the choice to you. We are now in 2024, the centenary year of Sabine's death, with podcasts in this series planned to the end of this year, and hopefully beyond. 
I will continue to tell the story of Sabine's earlier life from when he left Rue Trenchard as a teenager in 1852 to go up to Clare College, Cambridge. To any return to take up the living of the parish of Lude Trenchard in 1881 as a married man with an ever-growing family. How his work with Fleetwood Shepherd and Freddie Bustle in the search for songs in Devon would continue and his travels into seeking songs with Freddie Bustle in Cornwall will be introduced. So there's more stories for me to tell about this exceptional Devon parson. I will continue to sing the songs and play the tunes from his collection. On several future downloads, I will be joined again by Kate and John Tidball in performance as our trio, Thimble Rig. There will also be other guest musicians performing and a few surprises. As 2024 will be a busy year for me and I hope you will join me by continuing to download the podcast. This has been the 14th episode in the series The Parson and the Songmen, produced by John Tidball. I'm Mike Bosworth. Thank you for listening and once again, a Happy New Year to you all. Till next time, bye-bye.